Hello again and welcome to Crime in Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me as always, Ben Rupel. He is my friend. <laughs> I was just saying we're not friends anymore, Brian. <laughs> You're Fuck, so insecure. I love it. I feel like I have the advantage now. Every other Wednesday, Ben and I bring you a true crime podcast about people in and around the music business and their misadventures into lawbreaking. If you like music history, crime history, murder mystery, and more, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. You got a fast stack of cards there today, Brian. Everybody better sit down and get comfortable, huh? This is the last of the handwritten cards. Oh, is it? This is the la- That's why there's so many, because there's like one line on one of them oh. or two words on another. Like, oh, I got to add this, and oh, I got to add that. Yeah, so. if you didn't listen to our last podcast, I told everybody about how now Brian's typing out the cards. We're high tech. Ti- yeah. We use computers now. I mean, he sits here and reads a card and looks at it, and he puts it down. It's not just all on the computer screen, so there's some work involved. Oh, no. I Yeah, you can see some of this stuff on Twitter. There's stacks of me going, what? I need inspiration to write cards. People, help me out. And then other podcast people are like, you can do it. <laughs> you can like, do it, man. Thank you. Oh, so he's got, this is the... So you must have kind of wrote this one before Mark Wahlberg. They're not always in order. That's correct. I mean, what you write them in and order, there's doesn't need to be. No. Oh, All right, yeah. Not, these are not sequential. No, no, it doesn't matter what Wait, we did last I, time. If you didn't get the Mark Wahlberg episode, then you'll have no clue what happens in this one. <laughs> it won't make any sense at all. Yeah, we'll go back and listen to it. Man, that, that background music is coming in hot. Is it? We're going to tone it down a little bit. Brian's got buttons and dials and knobs and gears. Yes. This is no absolutely no different than working at a bike shop here, Brian. It's the same, man. There's just parts and tools and levers and handles and pedals, and you just, you know. Yeah. I got some punk sitting across from me. doesn't really want to work that hard. Hey, yeah, I got to turn my hat thing. on backwards so I don't hit the mic stand with my brim on my hat. I wore a brimless hat. I Yeah, I, <laughs> I wore a hat. I actually, a lot of times I'll be doing, I'll be at work doing work stuff and then come over here or go, at, go to work after or, come, or, or whatever. So I'll be like in nice, not nice clothes, but. Like a polo shirt with my hair done all up, nice and pretty. Nice. But today I, I didn't. I just no, wore a hat. No, this I don't is get I'm that. Today. <laughs> right. I'm avoiding Chris, Christmas shopping. Ben looks like he's about to go work on his van. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's this, the van shirt. This <laughs> is the shirt I did work in the van on. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you can tell. This is the this is a, a, a transmission line came a little came a little uh, loose on the old on the old war wagon, and I had to replace it. And this is the shirt I was wearing. <laughs> that's. That's the ether smell that I'm detecting. Did, did you? Does it have uh, a smell of transmission fluid on this? That's good E. No, I, right. I don't know. That's a Mr. Burns line. All right, are you ready for something else that you know how to do besides working on the old Let's family go. truckster? Yeah. It's time for Guess the Ghost. Yeah, we're not coming in as hot like no. we used to. I like that. All right, so I, I want to, I, I like to always ask Brian before he starts giving me nicknames Do I know this person? No. I mean, you do, but you're never going to get his name. I'll tell you. Have you ever heard of Russell Tyrone Jones? Going with a rapper already. <laughs> hey, you nailed that category pretty quick. You are correct. All right. All right. You missed it too, guys. Ben immediately went to stroke his beard to think, like, perplexingly. Oh, now, I'm now he's the assaulting stand. the mic stand. He's like, hmm. <laughs> who is Russell Tyrone Jones? All right. Hold on. There might be some. Did you really break something? No, I I knocked that little bracket a little loose. So now, the... okay, we're good. All right. Good. Spit, no, no, okay. Right. No, I don't know. All right, they they got they also call him Osiris. Osiris. Dirt dog. Nope. Unique Asan. What? Unique Asan. Spell that for me. Unique U N I Q U E. Last word I'm wrong. Asan A S O N. 
Okay. I am the unique ace song. Um, where are we at? Joe Bananas. B a n a n a s. Joe Bananas. Bananas. No, 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 no. Dirt McGirt. I don't know. How many nicknames this dude got? I can keep going if you like. Uh, No, Dirt McGirt is the last nickname I got. Um, Any 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 hints on more than just a nickname? Yes. Rapper. He is one of the Wu Tang Clan. Oh. Uh, hold on. Yep. How many how many Wu Tang members can Ben name? That is now the game. Isn't there one? There's Scarface wasn't one, was he? There's nine of them. No, Scarface is not one of them. No, I can't. Scarface was what? uh, Without Ghostface Killer, without Redman, without Jizza Rizza, without Method Man, without. These are all Wu Tang Clan guys. Yes. Weren't they a group that came from the same? All from the same hood? Oh, we'll get there. Um, I, I can't mark a win for this one, can I? No. Because I still haven't gotten his name. You can't. It's old dirty bastard. ODB. ODB himself. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Hey, Why my brother. Why is this funny? My, I, in your driveway. <laughs> in your driveway. No. I'm talking to my brother. No, no. And he referenced ODB. Nice. My brother loves this guy. I am in it, dude. I'm telling you, Nick, this one goes out to you, buddy. What did we? Woo. Oh, he don't listen. Uh, He's going to listen to this one. You're going to send we... it to him. How did this get brought up or referenced? I don't remember because we were talking about his buddy, who my brother's in his 30s still. Oh, 39, actually. Woo. And his friend, who he graduated high school with, had a freaking heart attack in the hospital for four days. Oh, I was like, is he dead? That was our conversation as I'm pulling into your neighborhood here. No, he's alive. He got through it. Um, well, and then wanna... for some reason, we went to ODB? I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's a connection. So Okay. It was a cocaine? Yeah. Because that's kind of maybe the problem that my brother's friend had. This is very similar to your brother's friend. Big fat dude. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't do anything. Likes to have a little cocaine every yep. once in a while. Oh, my God. That's awesome. November 15, 1968. He's born in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, New York City, USA. Fort Greene's uh, Flushing Avenue to the Navy Yard to the north. Named okay. after a Revolutionary War fort built in 1776 under the supervision of General Nathaniel Green. So, all Fort right. Green. This all comes into play later on in the story. So oh, there'll be a quiz. Folks, yes, there will be. There will be a test. Uh, his parents are Cherry and William Jones. Cherry, Cherry, Cherry was a city employee. She was a 911 dispatcher. I always found it odd. Sometimes to hear names. I don't think that maybe was an odd name back in the 50s, 40s, whatever. Sure. But I had a girl I worked with. Her name was Barbie. Barbie. Par- I mean, some people called her Barb, but most of her friends called her Barbie. Uh, that was her name. Yeah. Barbie. Barbie. That's odd. And I know another, I don't know her very well, but another girl our age, she's uh, a doctor. Yeah. And her husband is a brewer, like a for professional lead for a company. Sure. And her name's Barbie. Interesting. Yeah. Nice, nice girl. Very nice girl. I think it's weird when I meet old ladies whose names are like Heather. Like a modern name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? That's weird. Like You're some, an old lady. Some 85-year-old lady. Like, right. Oh, hi. What's your name? My name's Stacy. Right. I'm like, <laughs> what? It uh, doesn't what? work. Yeah. I don't, I'm no offense. I, you know, I'm just saying. That's just a weird name. It's Miss Becky over there. Grandma Heather. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's weird. Grandma Taisha. It, yeah. See? That'll happen. <laughs> oh, that happens. All right. Uh, his dad, William, was a transit worker. Um, and his name officially is Russell Tyrone Jones. So he worked for the New York City Transit? Yes. All right. What did he do for them? It didn't say. 
So yeah, I, I used to work very closely with that, that group. Yeah, yeah. Working on the trains, we sold them a lot of stuff back when I sold things to the train people. Uh, Russ was one of six kids. None of his family would thought he would end up a musician. He's got an older brother who's kind of an artist, and so they thought he was going to be the the one who went that way. But Russ did it, and he was the family clown. And they're like, "That's not at all what we expected from Russ." <laughs> well, we were... he liked to he liked to be noticed. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Need the attention. No, just That's the wrong guy. Uh, in the '80s, Russ liked hanging out with his cousins and watching martial arts movies. So, yeah, there you go. 1984, his parents split up. So I'm going to ask, I, I'm not real familiar with the Wu-Tang Clan. He's part of the Wu-Tang Clan? We'll get there, yeah. Okay. I Well, well the here, whole entire, I thought they were forever. I'm like, well, they're all about, this is back in the day, when, when, they, when they were, what, I thought they were all like Japanese or Chinese. The, the guys in the Wu-Tang Clan movies were. Oh, I don't know. Okay, continue. <laughs> yes, we'll get there, I, somewhere I'll tell you all. I'll tell you all of it. thick stack of cards. Yeah, got, I'll, I'll get, tell oh, you everything, I man. So I know, it's great. All right, so I told you he likes hanging out with his cousins, right? I was like, that's what he did. He hung out with his cousins and watched kung fu movies. Yeah, I mean, you remember that, right? Saturday morning or I Sunday like morning. I did kung fu movies. But like the, the kung fu TV show was yeah, on yeah. with David Carradine, and you're like, oh, and then- I turned the channel. They'd have Godzilla movies or pro wrestling. I like that was a Sunday morning. I like the Godzilla movies. You could watch- uh, Laurel and Hardy or the Three Stooges, you know, probably what was on my dad's TV. Yeah, so see, that, yeah, back then these dudes just flipped over to the kung fu movies, and it's like all those old ones where the lips don't line up with the people yeah, talking. Yeah, they're all dubbed. Right, they're dubbed movies, and they got that <laughs> sounds and like yeah, all that stuff's all dubbed in. Those were cool. I mean, that was like the cool thing to watch. Like, like uh, I did watch the two Kill Bill movies just the other day. I've never seen those, and I I hate Tarantino. Oh, he's such a hack. He's such a hack, dude. It's so he's, hacky. It's an homage, Brian. Yeah, okay. He's good. It's good. You just, But you got to stick up your butt on that guy, so forget about I do. it. Don't he, even watch he, it. He went to film school in a video store. That's whatever. So what? I mean, honestly, we're hacky, too. People are like, you're a hack. You stole crime and sports. Yeah, right. Yeah. Shut up. I get it's it. All, it all comes from vaudeville. I got permission. No, there's a Vox article out there right now called... Uh, Quentin Tarantino steals all of his movies, and you can literally watch like the driving scene and uh, whatever. But, John Travolta's driving in that car and stuff like that, but like I the diner scene and all that. And then he pulls it from these old movies in the fifties. It's and, reference material. It's copied. I can show you shot for shot. It's the same thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I guess. I guess access to resources. I mean, you're right. That's he's, what you have to work with. He's working within a. He likes. Yeah. That's his medium. All right, fine. Yeah. All right, uh, people who are actually creative are people like Robert Diggs. And You're getting Diggs in here, aren't you? <laughs> dig it in there. Come at me, Tarantino. I dare you. I do. I dare you to come at me. I'm fine with that. Robert Diggs and Gary Grace. So you're throwing down on Tarantino. I, I, I don't even know what the challenge would be. To make a better movie, I can't do that. So I, I, just, I think he's just going to beat you up. Oh, I'd fight Tarantino. That's fine. I'll, you I'll couldn't make that. his face any uglier. <laughs> That's terrible. I don't know what side now you're we're on going now. After this poor right. guy's looks. Now we're after Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, let's go after some other people. Actually, not going to go after. I'm going to tell you about um, Russ's cousins, Robert and Gary. All right, they lived in different parts of New York City. Um, they're out on Staten Island. Gary and Russ uh, were. They would travel from Brooklyn. Uh, Robert lived out on Staten Island. All right, there's my facts. But they ran the streets, they got into trouble, petty crimes, they're dealing drugs, you know, it, it harkened back to the Marky Wahlberg episode, they're just out doing it in New York instead of Boston. It's not that far away. Right. Travel out just in. It's, it's No, on the train. It's a quick little. Right. The three cousins, quickly, they form a rap group called 
Force of the Imperial Master. So they're definitely into the Kung Fu. They, it's a way of life for them here pretty quick. Okay. You'll see there. They're better known as uh, All In Together Now crew because they had a successful tape called All In Together Now. They had a tape. Yeah, they put a tape out in New York. Cool. How, old, how, how old are they? Oh, geez. They got to be somewhere in the 80s. So the dude's... 71, 80. No, uh, it's 68. So... Oh, 60, yeah. Well, you're at 12... 14, 12. Okay. So. They're, they're, they're making. That's good. I think that's good for kids to do. Yeah, right. Uh, Gary Grace called himself the genius. That was his rap name. Uh, Robert Diggs called himself Prince Rakim, a.k.a. the scientist. And Russ called himself the specialist. The specialist. He's the specialist. All right. He's very good at these things. Give me my money. Wasn't so Winona Ryder in that so movie? Today. The specialist. I think so. Is that the one where she was way too young and some creepy things happened to the to the character, not the actress? Like her family dies and some specialist Maybe, yeah. marine guy finds her. And no, I think he was like a hitman or something. She's like 12 or something like that. Yeah. All right. We're probably butchering that. Yeah. Let me know. Uh, they were good, though, and they caught some attention, right, on the New York City rap scene. The uh, I'm sorry, I forgot their first name. Force of the Imperial Master. The Force of the Imperial Master. But everybody just called them the All In Together Now crew because they're oh, like, yeah, your tape's okay. called All In Together Now. You're the crew that made it. So that's who you are. That's who you are. You're all in. Uh, they never sign a major label, but they get a lot of attention, like I'm saying. Even people like Bismarck e notice them, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got what I mean. Uh, remember Bismarck e and the Juice Crew, so. The Juice Crew. The Juice Crew. <laughs> the Juice Crew comes back around. That was in the uh, Vanilla Ice episode, I do believe, because he goes out and signs with the Juice Crew. <laughs> no? You got to keep these rap guys straight, I, man. Well, I need I help. Did, I did see just something came over the feed the other day. The Vanilla Ice was on the old Arsenio Hall show back when he was at his peak. Uh, like, And he like got into like a- an argument with Arsenio With Hall. Arsenio Hall. Like an ar- Arsenio like Hall a- was kind of like a fucking dick. Yeah, well, he was. That was before the term cultural appropriation existed, and I think Arsenio is calling him out on his fake street cred. Oh, well. So Flavor Flav was there with him. Flavor Flav. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's the internet. Look into it. Arsenio Hall was kind of a dick. I'm like, hey, if you just want to be a dick to somebody, I guess if you got a show, bring him on and be a dick to him. <laughs> Vanilla Ice kind of stood his ground. I was like, no, man, what are you talking about? You know, he just. Set him straight. I saw this same thing with David Letterman and Marilyn Manson, where David Letterman's just all snarky and pissy about Marilyn Manson and his whole gimmick. It, it It's a gimmick. And he's like, so uh, do the parents like it when the girls bring you home to meet them and stuff like that? And he's just like, you you do go, you like the girls, right? And Marilyn Manson's just like, come on, man. Like, all right. <laughs> no, I do. I like, well, there's a lot of women who like me and my music, you know. Like, you know, but they just, they're just so, eh, you can just see there's tension right there. And I'm like, why have them on your show? I know. You know? Like, I, that's why, uncomfortable. I know you don't book them all, Dave, but I assume you've got to have veto power. <laughs> like, I think no. Dave had a lot of veto power. Not that yeah. guy. I like Dave. I, I, I think Dave's, Dave's good. good. I mean, I liked Arsenio Hall, too, back in the day. Well, people like Robert and Gary back in the day. Okay. And so they actually signed different records and they signed different contracts. So, you know, they're sort of splitting up. Gary signs with Cold Chillin' Records, started by members of the Juice Crew. The like Juice Crew. And Robert signs with Tommy Boy Records, started by members of Tommy Boy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they just called Tommy Boy Records. A little help here. <laughs> they both record and release records. Um, Tommy likes wingies. Well, people did not like their records that they recorded. Gary and Robert are dropped by their respective labels pretty quickly. So they weren't that good. I guess. Yeah. Maybe they weren't pr- produced or pushed as much. And I it's don't hard know. It's hard to break right. into any 
any any gig like that in oh, music dude. or yeah, movies? You're, You're trying to make yet. it. All you right. got to get lucky. Down but not out, the three cousins change their names, refocus, and start to form the Wu-Tang Clan. They just rebranded. They did. Side note, Russell marries his girl, Iceleen. Iceleen. 1991. Iceleen, Iceleen. Oh, that's Jolene. It, it all works. And I couldn't find her maiden name. It just said Iceleen Jones, so I don't know if her maiden name was Jones and she married a guy named Jones. But Iceleen, ba- that's a badass name. Iceleen Jones is sweet, especially if you're a rapper's wife. That's hey, pretty damn cool. Hey, how many kids are out here? How many people are running around out today with the, with the name? Only because their parents spelled it wrong on the birth certificate. <laughs> I've heard about that for Iceland. I've right? heard that's a thing. What was it supposed to be? Eileen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Especially, think about it. Maybe I'm, she's got one leg longer than the other. I you, don't know. Okay, you just get done going through a very traumatic experience, pushing a kid out a hole. Oh, it's all paper. about holes. It's all about holes. <laughs> Thank you, Ike Turner. And 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 you're up forever, probably on some drugs now. And the father ink ink comes out of a hole is. is we're everything's happening so quick and they bring you some paperwork hey fill this out sign this and i can see some people doing it wrong yeah iceland honey how do you spell that i don't know he's gone just do this there you go or like the guys out there like filling out the paper what do you want it to be what do you i don't i don't know what you're saying i think she said iceland i think it was iceland all right i'm not gonna argue with her now (laughs) not my name not my problem So, uh, speaking of names and problems, Gary becomes Jizza, uh, Robert becomes Rizza, and Russ becomes Old Dirty Bastard. Oh, that makes sense. It does. It's from the 1980s martial arts movie, Old Dirty and the Bastard, a.k.a. an old kung fu master starring Yin Si Tian. Yin Si Tian. Very good. Oh, I would love to get some Asian cuisine tonight. Uh, Chinese food sounds good. Dude, I don't some mind nice that. Asian fusion. What do you guys do for that? There's a brewery around here that's Asian fusion. Um, I, Su- sushi I actually, burgers and stuff. I actually make it. Oh, I got I I look things up on the YouTube's and the internet. So yeah, make a food that I've never made before. Very cool. Yeah, good for you. And there's a ton of different Asian cuisine that is fun to make. It's a lot of work though, too. Probably. I mean, oh prep. my gosh, a lot of prop, a lot of cutting up vegetables and they like a julienne. Oh, there's cut. a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of lots of stuff going on, uh, the group got the name from a movie that had a lot of stuff going on, 1983 film Shaolin and the Wu-Tang. Shaolin. Also known, a.k.a. as Shaolin versus the Wu-Tang. My taika style, beach all raven style. Description, two friends from rival schools are turned against one another by a jealous chief who wants to eliminate those whose fighting styles may rival his own. Oh. Bird's eye style does not even come Oh, there was the, there's a cool style. old, that's the one I remembered, is the guy had the crane style, and the guy had the toad style, and the other guy was like the scorpion, and all this stuff, like the seven styles or whatever like that My is. My dog style, beat your cat style. Oh. Wu-Tang Clan 1992, Rizza Jizza ODB, and they get together with Ghostface Killer, a guy named Dennis Coles, and they form the hip-hop group uh, whose ethos would be a blend of, quote, Eastern philosophy, picked up from kung fu movies, 5% nation teachings picked up on the streets of New York and comic books. Your natural question is Are they anything to fuck with? Uh, Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> no, you're supposed to go, What the hell are 5% nation and why are they teaching it on the streets of New York? What? 5% nation? Yeah. Cause I told oh, you. I thought you said it was 5% of their nation. Their, their, what they're putting out there was nation. nation. No, no, no. Wu Tang like is based on. Eastern philosophy, yeah, picked up from kung fu movies. Gotcha. Five percent nation teachings. Oh, five percent nation. Quote 
5% nation, unquote. That's a thing. Correct. That's a Teachings pro- picked up pro- on the streets of New York and yeah. comic books. I don't know what 5% nation is, Brian. Can you enlighten us, please? 5% nation, Ben, is... Uh, <laughs> I describe them as the Lutherans of Islam. This guy... Uh, sh- the Lutherans of Islam. Yeah, okay. basically, this dude in 1963 splits off from Islam. He named himself Allah and founded the 5% nation, a.k.a. the nations of gods and earth. Men are gods. Women are earths. It's not a size thing. Um, they reflect the concept that 10% of the people in the world know the truth of existence, and those elites and their agents opt to keep 85% of the world ignorant and under their controlling thumb. So that leaves the remaining 5% uh, are those who know the truth and are determined to enlighten the 85%. And so that's those 5%. Sounds complicated. I just like to stay in the dark, please. And comic books. <laughs> <laughs> this like super deep and philosophic, you know, way of thinking. This guy that deviated from his main religion and tried to form his own religion. Named himself God. Probably wrote tons of books, had followers, yep. spent decades of thought and trying to begin enlightened yep. and helping people yep. and dedicated his entire life to this idea. And then comic books. And comic books, too. That's going to influence us just as equally as, <laughs> as that, man. All right. 1993, you got the full Wu-Tang lineup. Are you ready? Oh, how many are I? Yeah. I <laughs> keep, keep count. Well, hold on. Isn't there a thing on Netflix about the Wu-Tang Clan? There, it's a Hulu show right now that's <clears throat> going on about them. Is so he good? I've, honestly, I didn't watch it. I stuck to the facts in the newspaper articles. I kind of would like to. I, I'm going to look into it after we this. We used to listen to it when we were young. They're not, it's nothing to fuck with. Yeah, no, okay. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, damn, shimmy, yeah. yeah. Dolly, dollar bill, y'all. Uh, Wu-Tang, its full lineup is RZA, Jizza, ODB, Method Man, Raekwon, Ghostface Killer, Inspector Deck, You God, and Master Killer. Which got? Nine? Uh, nine. That's the nine of them. Okay. That's what we learned. I did not know that those, I know some of those names. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They all, well, in a second, we'll get there. They released their independent single, Protect Your Neck. It's a huge success. It gains Wu-Tang tons of new fans. People Protect are like, your neck. these guys are all right. Protect I, this your is, neck. This is similar to a lot of these old country songs that I've never really, I don't know the name or, you know. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. But you remember the tune. I'd well, that's, hear that's what I've been doing, man. When I write these episodes now, I go to my music player of choice and I type in like ODB and I hit top songs. Mm-hmm. And then when they go, <laughs> that's what I start. So I have heard a lot of growly ODB in the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, uh, I, and I knew he's he's definitely. There's some of these cards that got some crimes on him. Russ is convicted of second degree assault during an attempted robbery. Mm-hmm. So he tried to rob somebody who didn't have any valuables, and then he just beat his ass. I get that. <laughs> I am trying to rob you, and you don't have anything. You got to say that up front, bro. Cooperate. You got to. Uh, I did. I told uh, you that from the beginning. Why you make me treat you this way? <laughs> just a singer 19 that's so bad november 1993 they release a full album it's called enter the wu-tang 36 chambers it receives critical acclaim and to date it's regarded as one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time yeah yeah they were that they came out hot oh for sure man yeah because none of them were anything before that album am i wrong no you're right i mean they were just you you've heard the history dudes the masters of the imperial whatever, yeah. and then that broke up. They Reading comic the- books, and <laughs> right? Smoking weed and watching <laughs> kung fu movies. I'm surprised I didn't make it sooner. <laughs> All right, with success of uh, Enter the Wu Tang, um, that established the group as creative and influential force in hip hop in the '90s. They're like, "This is the future. These are the dudes that's here now." This helped guys to sign solo contracts. 
So the group was signed, and then the members are also free to sign individually. Know what I mean? Yeah, because he did. Right. And yeah. They're, they're, they're starting a whole new thing. So RZA sums up the whole unorthodox business model. RZA says, quote, we reinvented the way hip-hop was structured, and what I mean is you have a group signed to a label, yet the infrastructure of our deal was like anyone else's. We still could negotiate with any label we wanted, like Meth went to Def Jam, Ray stayed with Loud, Ghost went to Sony, Jizza went to Geffen Records, feel me? And all these labels still put Razor Sharp Records on the credits. So Wu-Tang is a financial movement. So what do you want to diversify? Your assets? No, I, I actually... He's making total sense. Jizza. I think that's a great way to go about it. RZA. Business model for that little music industry. Oh, dude, that was a great idea. They brought right? a huge, a, a big clan in, and they all went different ways. Right. But they all kept it centralized as their brand. Yep. You are correct. 1994, Russ is uh, out back of the club or the studio, right? And he's talking rap with some dudes. He's like, oh, I'm, you know, I prefer this style of rap with the, I like to, ah, ah, and he likes to be weird and stuff and offbeat, right? And so a debate breaks out. And not being a able, rap debate. <laughs> not being able to sway Russ with their words, the dudes shoot Russ in the stomach. Oh, that's not nice. No, it's not. In the stomach. Yeah. End, end of that story. Uh, let's see here. We're about ready for a break, but we're going we're gonna to go couple more here so march 28th 1995 russ releases his first solo album it's called return to the 36 chambers the dirty version the dirt <laughs> it had a single shimmy shimmy y'all remember that one i uh, you shimmy, did it shimmy, right. y'all shimmy yam shimmy yay. yeah give yeah, me remember. the money so i can take it away got more lines than a welfare office um i feel like that's the wrong song <laughs> he also had a collab with Mariah Carey on that one, right? Oh, that makes sense. So now that album goes platinum, and uh, he's he's out on there, man. Russ is so popular. How popular is he, Brian? I never write jokes for this. I, I should, right? It's you know, <laughs> that's kind of the joke. I don't even know, right? Uh, he's profiled for an MTV biography, right? So what they're doing is they got the cameras and they're following him around like a day in the life of of ODB. He takes two of his seven children, loads them into a limo. Oh, so he's already making tons of kids. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, he ends up, I think, at the, uh, I, don't, I don't know I, if I it comes wanna, back around. I don't want to stereotype here, Brian. I don't want to spoil uh, it for you, but in the rappers. end. How many, how many seven kids? Uh, do you want to know the total at the end? No. I, no? I want to know the how many kids and how many women. <laughs> 17 kids is what he has at the end. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, totally, dude. There's a whole horrible story where. Oh my gosh, everybody, we've already talked. Okay, oh, that guy right now, right now here at the holiday season. <laughs> it's not the holidays, but that's fine. At the holiday season, this guy's got to be overwhelmed. Happy New Year. Uh, no, well, I don't want to, no spoilers. He's fine. Trust okay. Me. Yeah, he's okay. Fine. He's fine. Okay. Okay, so he's profiled for an MTV biography. He takes two of his seven kids, loads them into a limo, and where do they go? McDonald's. They drive to downtown New York City welfare office, and he cashes his $375 well check, welfare check and gets his food stamps. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so blatant. Having just received a $45,000 advance for his solo album and collecting royalties from Wu-Tang's debut album, um, because Russ hadn't filed his taxes yet for the year, he was still eligible for assistance. That's, a- <laughs> That's so wrong. 
After watching the MTV segment, Russ's caseworker revoked his eligibility. I bet she did. The incident was later used to highlight welfare abuses, which led to the 1996 federal welfare reform passed by Bill Clinton. Well, wait a minute. Thanks a lot, Russ. Wait wait to fuck it up for everybody, Russell. Ruined it for everybody, Russell. God. There you go. Right now, we're going to take a little break here, I think. I think it's a good time to take a break. Um, And... When we come back, we're going to get to more stories of ODB. And Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton. clip in there for the one second space i'm gonna actually cut that one up okay well pulling the curtain back here for our audience i think brian you like to do that well you know there's not an engineering booth over here you got to hit all the buttons yourself. i do and i want everybody to appreciate that oh well all right i like yeah, that I thanks appreciate man. It. you know i eyes appreciates you brian I, I appreciate you yeah that's why i appreciate you ben that's why i appreciate you <laughs> that's why Miss katie why don't you take about 20 percent off of that there ben May 20th, 1997, Russ gets arrested for failure to pay child support for three of his kids with his wife, Iceline. Uh, a year's worth of child support for each kid's about $35,000. That's a lot of dollars. That's a lot of dollars. June 3rd, 1997, Russ appears on Wu-Tang Clan's second album, Wu-Tang Forever. Uh, their most commercially successful album, songs like Re- Reunited and Triumph. They got nominated for a Grammy as the best rap album. Yeah, so he's he's Killing making it. money, but at this point, how many kids he's got? Seven. Uh, at that point, yes, seven. I'm not going to be well, able to unfocus on this fact of how many kids he has. I hope you have it. Like, I I don't have it documented. It's going to be brought up one more time. Too bad. And you can just like well, every every card we get to whatever point in that timeline, if it if it matches up with when a kid was born, we could ding. I wish I would. You should have told me that. Ding. I would have done that. I didn't Another know we were doing. I didn't even think about that with seventeen bing. kids. Oh, there's another one. I'll try to do that for you, though. All right, so right now we're at 1998. He's got 10 kids, I think. So eight, or eight or 10 kids. So I'll, I'll do a Ric Flair woo every time a kid is born from the next point out. Here, we'll get... Well, you don't know that. Woo! <laughs> just so many woos. So, all right, I just got to add a bunch the of woos. The Wu-Tang Clan. The Wu-Tang Clan. Woo! There you go. All right, 1998. Russ pleads guilty to attempted assault on his wife, Iceline. So he's still with this girl. No, our, not all of his kids are with the same lady uh, at this point. At this point, I believe they are. Oh, so he's got seven kids with one girl? I believe so. After this, uh, he's not going to. So that, That's a lot of... February 1998, Russ is in the studio in between sessions. And he's people watching out the big picture window in the front of the studio, her, right? Her vagina. And he sees a little girl. And uh, she gets run over by a 1996 Ford Mustang. What? Right. So this got real weird fast. Why? Russ and his buddy rush out there to the street, right? And then they organize about nine or ten people, like onlookers, to help lift the car off the four-year-old girl. And they do, hey, come on, everybody. Yeah. And then so uh, she's taken to the hospital. She's has first and second degree burns. And using a fake name, uh, Russ goes and visits her. 
and the media saw him, and then they all crowd around him. It sounds like he did a like, good ah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, right? Yeah. He's trying to keep it on the down low. Like, I don't want all this media hype, you know, and just get good, get healthy little girl. And then, see, the next night, he's at the 1998 Grammy Awards. They announced Sean Colvin as winner of Song of the Year. Sonny came home, blah, blah, blah. Sonny came home. That Sonny came home song. Anyway. I don't know. Russ rushed the stage and announced that he recently bought expensive clothes because he thought he was going to win Best rap, rap Album. They lost to Puffy. <laughs> and uh as the audience applauded for him uh he took the mic and he said quote please calm down the music and everything it's nice that i went and and bought me uh an outfit today that cost a lot of money today you know what i mean because uh, i figured that wu-tang was gonna win um i don't know how y'all see it but when it comes to the children wu-tang is for the children uh we teach the children you know what i mean puffy's good but wu-tang's the best Okay, um, I want you all to know that this is ODB, and, and I love all of you. Peace. Sounds like it was well thought out. He was really, he's really prepared to accept an award that night. You can he, tell from all the hard words he used. Yeah, he's, he was he prepared. We teach the children what? <laughs> it's, it's for the tanks for the children. Well, oh, they're for the children. We teach children. Uh, July 1998, Russ checks himself into the ER at St. John's Hospital in Brooklyn, New York City. He was, at, he was at his apartment, right, with his girlfriend, not Iceline. Uh, two dudes bust in through the front door with guns out. Sun's out, guns out. They stole jewelry and undisclosed amount of money. Russ was shot one time in the back and the arm, but the wounds were superficial, like the bullet entered through his back and then exited through his arm, missing vital organs. So he got shot twice now. Yeah, he basically, he said, I woke up, there's a barrel in my face, so I grabbed it and wrestled the guy and ended up getting shot. Um, with no complications, Russ, Russ was listed as stable, right? After he gets to ER and all that stuff. Um, Russ checks himself out against doctor's orders and recommendations. As soon as he's listed as stable, they're like, oh, you got shot. He's like, I'm good. And then Brooklyn police have made no arrests in the case, suspecting it was just a random robbery. They're like, I don't know. Oh, no sense in even looking into it then. We're good. He says he's fine. Yeah, but you know what? I bet you those dudes that robbed him knew him. Well, yeah, how yeah. else would you pick that apartment? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Like, just, just strong arm force random robbery. with guns. But the cops are like, nah, he's good. <laughs> While at Sneaker Stadium, a store in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Russ gets arrested for shoplifting a $50 pair of shoes. I wonder a lot. We've had different. Who was our um, girl one? Um, the girl on uh, Disney and the red hair. Oh, yeah. We, I stuck it. You got me a. Mindy McCready, but it's not. It's well, uh, she was pawn. Or, Lohan, Lindsay yeah, Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. Wasn't she stealing stuff too? She stole a necklace that she, she forgot money. to take off. I mean, yeah. oh, he had five hundred dollars cash in his pocket. On I, him they're at just the time. doing it for fun. I think he might have just forgot. I don't know. To try them on, walked around. He's a famous guy now, so he's used to maybe just doing whatever just he used, wants. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just used to people just giving him what he wants. Well, Russ misses his court date in Virginia. <laughs> it's Virginia. Who wants to go back there? Well, we do this all the time, so they issue a warrant. Uh, a few weeks later in Los Angeles, Russ gets arrested for criminal threatening. What is criminal threatening? I, uh, I swear to God, if I didn't want to get in trouble, I would do this. <laughs> I think he might have done it so many times that they're like, dude, that's enough. Threatening people is too much for you. Third strike threatening, maybe. Third strike, yeah. He's a repeat threatener. Repeat threatener. 
couple weeks go by and Russ gets rearrested for similar charges. So they're like, all right, you've threatened enough people. Now we're going to run you in. You can't even threaten people. You can't even think about threatening people. <laughs> no even thinking about it. During a traffic stop, Russ gets arrested for attempted murder and criminal weapons possession. What? That case gets dismissed. Well, what did he do? Dude, I looked so hard and it would not tell me what he did. Like some of these things just as soon as they're out of the system for whatever failure to evidence, uh, what are you bored? No, I have to yawn sometimes. Dude, that I can't, it's hard not to take that personal. Oh. The only other person in the room and you're bored. I'm bored. No, 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 do something different now. Oh, <laughs> you later, Brian. I'm going to go. Ben's uh, leaving. Uh, Ben's going to play some video games on his phone. Uh, well, don't do that. Because, uh, okay, here's a fun fact. This is fun. This one, though, it's not even fun. January 14th, 1999. <laughs> uh, the New York City Crimes Unit fires eight shots at Russ after they stopped his car, right? The cops claim that Russ shot at them first. Even though there were no shell casings found at the scene, except for the cops' shell casings. How was he? He was shooting at me. (laughs) They got concerned because, uh, well, okay, Russ is cleared by a grand jury in that case. And uh, he insists that the police were scared of his cell phone. He's like, I got a phone in my hand. They're like, gone. (laughs) I mean, you know know cops. Phones are guns. Okay. Flashlights are guns. Hands are guns. Any cops in bad situations like that. Dog leashes are guns. They are so used to being in bad situations. And it just takes. One cop, I, okay, so they're surrounding this guy, right? Yep. It takes one cop to, to pop off. Right. Everybody's going, boom, 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 Oh, boom, dude, boom. that's. It happens. It's bad. I am for order and justice and all that stuff. But, yeah, I see a lot of these things where if you're a hammer, like a cop, all you see is nails, like a perp to be taken down, that, you know, and it's, it's hard to maybe get out of that gear, but you see these cops come running in who have nothing to do with the, the call that people are on. They're just backup. They come running in, flying knees and elbows and stuff like, ah, and it's like, you don't even know the situation. Oh, and there's bad ones out so there. Don't I, get me wrong. I know what you're saying. Like if, if he would have done one thing, you know, then one cop's like, oh, he's got a gun. So the other cop hears his buddies call out for help and he starts shooting down the street in that same direction. Like that's what you do, I guess. Cops are but. given a job. That's nearly impossible to do right. I have my theories about personal liability insurance and non-lethal force, but that's for a whole other podcast. No, I think cops are given a duty that is nearly impossible to properly do. You need psychological screening. And And then... The military forces are taught de-escalation. I think you should have de-escalation training in police officers. Oh, you don't think they do? Yeah, I don't. Oh, 100%. General officers don't take de-escalation training. My martial arts instructor just got through at the academy. No de-escalation training. I don't know. As as a military, as a military, I, I you would have love to be for our law trained. enforcement officers to tell Brian he might be wrong. I'll, I'll accept. I that. think they take I'll continuous continuous training, not only de-escalation but many other trainings. I'm sure they do, but I don't think they all. It's not mandatory to take de-escalation I'm training. I'm sure the the word mandatory would be switched from one area of the country to another to the oh, sheriff, I'm sure it's to all different. state police and everything else right maybe that's the problem maybe y'all should be standardized as how we conduct law enforcement throughout the whole friggin' country instead of region by region i think everybody should be uh, have to carry guns everybody from the age of 18 on up has to carry weapons really yeah, i keep it keep it pretty sane around here if you know everybody's armed you're going to be cool, man. you will be real cool. I'm cool, man. You're cool? I'm, I'm cool. Cool. I've Everybody's seen how, cool. I've seen how some people drive. I don't know if I want everyone having a weaponry. By the way, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm a little serious about the thought of that, but I'm not really serious, folks. 
my brain goes to would it be better if they were all carrying samurai swords i mean is that different it's the same the methodology doesn't matter well you want to kill people you can kill people but if everybody was ca- a gun is the great equalizer. I mean, people use planes and cars and buses. I we mean, should all just do. carry hand grenades with a little <laughs> string attached to your thumb on the pin like Everybody's the Joker a, on Batman. Got a <laughs> dead man switch. If you kill somebody, their you, body is automatically programmed to explode. <laughs> so you better get a good sniper shot on them. You might be onto something here, right? Yeah. You outlaw guns, but rig everyone with a self-detonation device. <laughs> Trademark that. <laughs> We need that. That's... We just solved the world's problems. No more <laughs> violence for anyone. If yeah. you touch me, I'll explode and we'll all die. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Wow. I don't, you know, I mean, my brain's rolling through the game here. That's It's like <laughs> Highlander. Like, only one. Man. It's not like Highlander at all. <laughs> it's not, it has nothing to do with the Highlander. All right. 1999, when Highlander came out. Russ uh, writes and records his second studio album. I can't say this word. Please. N-word please. Does it rhyme with? Don't even. Uh, It's good. People like it. It hits number 10 on the Billboard 200. It had the single, Got Your Money. Remember? Hey, today, baby, I got Got your money. money. Don't you worry. I said, hey, baby, I got your money. Dollar dollar billies, y'all. There you go. 1999, still Russ gets paid $30,000 to appear on ICP's album, quote, The Amazing Jekyll Brothers. Hmm. Now, he's completed his tracks in two days. His recordings consisted of him, quote, rambling about bitches, and uh, ICP had to re-record and re-edit the track to get some rhymes out of his rambling, and they basically named the song Bitches. So, that's, what'd he say? Bitches. Bitches. All right, let's. We gotta change the song up now, guys. It's We're called "Bitches," that... and that's the loop. New ideas. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Russ. How much did you get paid for that gig? Forty thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> and who's the idiot in this in this story? I They got that Fago money. <laughs> they got big Fago money over Fago there. Fago money. They're fine. They're coming. They're coming up, guys. I'm, I swear, ICP episodes I swear. coming. I swear. As soon as Ben gets the MySpace page done, we're going to put the ICP episode out. February 1999, Russ gets arrested for driving without a license and, guess. Drugs. Being a convicted felon wearing a bulletproof vest. You can't do that? He was the first person ever arrested under the new law in California in 1999, where convicted felons cannot possess bulletproof uh, clothing. I'm I I'm a big uh I, that's bullshit. <laughs> that is fucking bullshit. Yeah, but nope. I, I mean, he can't own a gun. That's fine. That's fine. If you want to make a convicted felon, make it illegal for them to have firearms, that's fine. Okay. But why are you making it illegal for them to protect themselves? Especially in a guy's situation like this, where he's probably got a lot of other bad dudes that he's had history with. Yes, but- or as we call it on the street, beef. He's got beef, but mostly, mainly with police. I mean, so what? Wear a bulletproof vest. No, you can't do that, man. If he doesn't have a gun. That gives him an advantage the police don't want him to have. Wait, if he doesn't have a gun, they don't need to be shooting him. <laughs> he's not willing to take that risk, so he is convicted, uh, and he's out on 115, or he's arrested, I'm sorry, and he's out on $115,000 bail. Shh. California. The first person ever. He's the first person ever. It's like, man, we'd have picked you up last month. You would have been fine. April 1999, a couple weeks later, he's back in New York City, right? He's out in Queens. Uh, he runs a red light. 
and he gets arrested for possession of crack cocaine and trafficking. Trafficking? When he was arrested, um, he had marijuana and 20 vials of crack cocaine in his possession. Oh, okay. Now, I, for some reason, I thought human trafficking. No, no, human, no, no, no. Just cocaine drug trafficking. trafficking, drug okay. trafficking. He gets three years probation and one year in a drug rehab facility. He had to spend the whole time there? Yeah, man. Yeah. Well. They don't have any drugs in there. Foreshadowing. Very good call, Ben. October 2000, with uh, two months to go, Russ escapes from Impact House, a residential drug rehab facility. And when asked why he left, he goes, I want some drugs. There's no drugs. <laughs> Zero drugs. So uh, while he's out on the run, Russ meets with Riza. He spends some time in the studio, and they record some things. <laughs> a little break there while running. Yep. He stopped, recorded an album, kept, run- kept right on running. Oh, it gets better. November 21st, 2000, Wu-Tang releases their third album, uh, The W. Russ appears on stage at the Hammerstein Ballroom during the release party. Here's the tricky part, is that he was on stage, but... There's like 50 to 100 cops outside working security for the for the event. He's a wanted fugitive. I feel like I've seen this before. So he's seen on stage drinking from a huge bottle, ah, just having a good old time up there at the release party. So he knows he's getting arrested probably. Late November 2000, while still a fugitive from justice. Oh, Russ- he didn't get arrested? No, dude. He snuck out the back. <laughs> Was there a trap door on the stage? Something like that. While still a fugitive from justice, he stops at a McDonald's in South Philadelphia. He's like, I want to get some food, so I'm going to go to a McDonald's. Um, I would have went to a Popeye's. He starts signing autographs, though. People are like, ODB, oh, shit, right? And he draws a crowd, right? I don't think I could... I don't think he's one of the rappers I could recognize. I mean, I'm probably not the guy that should be... I've listened to my fair share of that stuff. So I don't know that's for you, but... Well, that's fine, but I I, I can't picture ODB in my head. Uh, big gold teeth, um, kind of the Coolio hair, like the braids all sticking out wild. Yeah, I, I, I'm, that's okay. Okay. Right. Uh, well, anyway, he draws his crowd, right? Because he's signing all these autographs, and they're like, oh, it's ODB at a McDonald's, you know? And uh, the cops arrest him. They're like, what's all this crowd? Oh, that's ODB. He's wanted. We should pick him up. No, I was only saying I couldn't recognize it because there's some people that I've said I could recognize them. People disagree with me that all the time. Oh, you wouldn't. If Eminem just came in and got a food at a restaurant while I was there, I'd recognize him. I don't no, know. No, you wouldn't. I mean, you're right. I don't know. I, I, I think I would. All depends. I yeah. Know. I think I'd recognize a lot of celebrities. Uh, you I have be, a knack. You might be good at I'm good at voices. I hear celebrities' voices, and I go, hey, that's so-and-so. See, I can only know that I know the the voice. Right. I can never put a... I can't do that. I can't put the name to the voice, the face to the voice. Not to give it away too much, but I did that on a Mandalorian episode. I'm like... That's a chick from Harry Potter. And they're like, what? And I was like, yep. And she's in Game of Thrones. My wife is like, no. And then IMDb's it. Sure enough. See, now I can do it when I'm watching somebody. When I see somebody, yeah. I, I, I got it nailed. And you're talking about The Mandalorian. I was looking at the IMDb of The Mandalorian. Okay. And I was like, Nick Nolte? What? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the Ugnot. Well, he's not dressed up as him. That's CGI. The no, voice I, is. His. I feel like it's a guy in a suit, to be honest with you. Whatever, Maybe it's a combination. It's his voice. Yeah, I, I could, I did not, I could not pick that out. I didn't either until <clears throat> it went back and it did. And then Bill Burr, of all reasons, any podcast people and Joe, Joe Rogan experience, Bill Burr is. I know, <laughs> no, like, I, what, when, what? when Bill, when Bill Burr came <laughs> on that last, when that episode came he out, I'm good. like, that is not Bill Burr. Yep. It's motherfucking Bill Burr. It's perfect for it's his Bill Burr. Like, attitude and delivery and stuff was great because yeah. I love that guy. Hey, hey, what's going on? Ah, well, like, I, got Boston. On, I got on ID, IMDb and looked, and he was in a couple things. I did not know that. Yeah, he's he's been in, uh, there's another movie. I, 
not is escaping me right now, but he was in some other things. I like he's funny. He's he'll wear on you quick, but he's funny. It's a good other sort of style. Yeah. Yeah, that Yeah, it'll wear on you. Complaining quick. Boston style. Well, other things that wear on you pretty quick. Russ gets two to four years incarceration in upstate New York at Clinton Correctional Facility, aka Little Siberia. Oh wow. Tupac did time there. Yeah? Yeah. It's really isolated. It's like 380-some miles or something from New York City. It's super far, so no one comes and visits you. It's cold as shit in the wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's upstate New York, man. The cat skills. I don't know if they have skills, but cats are up there doing something. The cats, isn't that where they go skiing or something in the Finger Lakes? 2001, Russ's label, Electra Records, decides to release a Greatest Hits album, even though he's got two albums. <laughs> But they wanted to uh, to end their contractual obligations with him because now he's in jail and getting in trouble Oh, they were stuff. just putting out one more album to get one more album Right, out. and they give him a boost with all the publicity from all the legal issues. So like, Jay, you like ODB, huh? Check check out this greatest hits and, and album. And so why was he in jail? What was his, his... He was a fugitive from justice. For thinking bad thoughts about people. <laughs> no, uh, I it, think what, that or was... Or was it just a pile-up culmination, bunch of things? Oh God! Beat some people up. Yeah, right. I was like, killed a fly. No, I this think. is the possession of crack cocaine and the drug trafficking. The oh. 20, 20 miles of crack. Supposed to get two years, two to four. Okay. Right. Um. All right. So basically, <clears throat> he gets his big boost from the record company. Two thousand two, three D Records releases, uh, the trials and tribulations of Russell Jones. I also think not only giving everybody a gun is a good idea. <laughs> drugs. I think drugs one hundred percent. No holds barred. Just everything's legal. Should be legal. Not only legal, given away for free. Just straight up. Take whatever. away all that bullshit with the the the, the getting of the drugs. <laughs> give them all away for free. Like Spain, Argentina. Let's just let the people who need a lot of drugs do a lot of drugs. Like Morocco, all decriminalized drugs or something like that. And their their crime rates all dropped significantly. <laughs> right. Let's just give away as many drugs as we can. I don't want to take the drugs. I think pretty quick we'll learn as a society that drugs are bad. I would say so. And not all drugs are equal. People aren't willing to do the learning curve anymore. That just sort of crystallized in my head. You know, like, oh, there's going to be a group of people who are going to have to suffer through this. And nowadays people, yeah, to learn. And people go, no, no, I don't want them suffering. So we don't get to learn? Nope. My my I, okay, <laughs> like we're just totally stagnant at that dude, point. My parents let me touch the hot wood like, stove. Right, he learned real quick that that's hot. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Failure is a great teacher. Right, my parents were like, blow out this candle, and so I grabbed the glass covering that was covering the candle and picked it up. Burned my hands. Glass conducts heat. I know that. I have never forgotten it. It's actually a pretty good insulator of heat. Look, dude. <laughs> Continue. Yes. All right, so he's got this Trials and Tribulations of Russell Jones. They basically just compiled some old tracks. They didn't ask Russ about it because he was in jail. <laughs> they don't drive upstate New York. Nope, that's way too long, and so they just released that. So uh, while he's in jail, Russ gets assaulted by some other prisoners. That'll happen in jail. He suffers a broken leg. Yeah. They kick the shit out of him. They really beat him up. When asked what happened, Russ said, quote, I was in a fight. No need to no, talk about no it. No need to talk about it. <laughs> He's not a snitch. I'll give him that, man. He doesn't. I'm not saying nothing. Yeah. You had a fight. It's like that uh, tight lips Tony or whatever in The Simpsons. It's like, who hit you? Nothing. <laughs> like, who are you working for? I ain't saying nothing. All right. 
2003, on the day he's released from prison, Russ signs a deal with Rockefeller Records. I would, I would be the biggest tattletale. Well, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Takeshi, man, that update episode's coming. He just oh. got, he just got two oh, years. Yeah, we got. He's gonna die in we prison. We can't, we can't not have an uh, updated episode on him, dude. He's gonna Epstein himself so, so many hard. Things. So many things are still happening. Because that's what happened, right? I'm not trying to start this whole Epstein-Clinton thing, but what they just said is we all know Epstein is proof that rich people can take care of their problems, right? And if Takeshi said enough things about enough rappers, they're going to be like, Clinton's did it. I can do this too. The rich and the poor all have ways to sweep shit onto the rug. I got people in jail who can take out Takeshi in a heartbeat and he'll magically, the cameras will be broken and I'm going to go to lunch. Well, the Epstein thing. Ignore the screaming. Here's the thing with that. Before he died. Yeah. Everybody knew he was going to die. Oh, dude. <laughs> we were all talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Like, like, that guy, killed. that guy's going to get killed in jail real quick. Did There's, you see his cellmate? No, was his cellmate was, was like it, was it Hillary Clinton dressed up as a dude? Dude, it, it doesn't take a lot, it but was whatever. The biggest huge roid freak prisoner you could imagine, shaved head. He was a f- bad New York City cop who's like killed people and shit like that, like killed multiple people, and that was his roommate on Suicide no, Watch. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing I, to see I, here. He just killed himself. I don't know. He just strangled himself with his oh, own there's, hands. There's, he, he strangled himself with my hands. I don't yeah, know. And the, <laughs> and the thing is, is that everybody. I don't want to stop. <laughs> if it's true or not, everybody knows it's true. Billionaires had someone killed. That's no, what I know from that and story. And nobody cares. You, well, there's we nothing know, you can do. There's nothing you can do. How am I supposed to fight a billionaire, Ben? There's nothing I can do. Apparently, you got to kill him. How? Just fake his own death in prison. That's how you do it. Yeah, if they faked his death, and if they Jason Bourne that shit, like faked Epstein's death, and then he comes out secretly later having given a whole affidavit thingy, that would be smart. But he's dead. It just powerful people can do what they want. Yeah. That's the lesson, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Happy New Year. Not that this is New Year. Happy Fourth of July, Arbor Day, any of those. Yeah. All right. Flag Day, actually, here. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Well, okay. ODB's not super powerful. Because he's when he gets released, he's still on house arrest, and he's got probation, and he's living at his mom's house. I wouldn't want to live at my mom's house under house arrest. Be forced no. to stay at your mom's house. Mom, mom, meatloaf. <laughs> I don't even know what she does up there. What she does up what, there? What she do? What she do up there? Uh, who is that? Who had his mom's get him Pepsi? What was that? There was a one of our first episodes where his mom would just serve him Pepsi, and he lived in the basement. Was it? Was it Phil Spector? No, it was a we- it was a Mom, weird dude. Give me Pepsi. <laughs> he just drank Pepsi all day. Just drank Pepsi all day in his basement. Um, might have been Captain Beefheart. Might have been. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, I think it was. Just I think like, it was. That was the guy. November thirteenth, two thousand four. Um, I think he's out of his mom's basement. It's three forty-five p.m. Oh, two, two days before his thirty-sixth birthday. Uh, while recording at Riz's New York City Studios, Russ collapses. Oh. Official cause of death was listed as drug overdose. Oh, he's dead? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Nope. He died. Oh, okay. I'm, so, I'm sorry now. Yeah. Witnesses say Russ complained of chest pains earlier that day. An autopsy found a lethal mixture of cocaine and the prescription drug Tramadol. It's an opiate. Tramadol. Pain reliever. Uh, similar effects to heroin. He uh, had too much of that mixed in his system. Um, and it's also, the Tramadol is the preferred drug of terrorist organization Boko Haram. Oh, is that the one that they give the... Human the, trafficking. Yeah. It all comes around, baby. Oh, wow. Huh. 
So he's dead. I didn't know that. I, I thought he was still alive today. No, no, no. ODB has what died. What year was he die? Uh, 2004. Way to be current on current events, Ben. Yeah, right. Jeez. RZA wrote about Russ's death, so this may be, uh, all right, this, this is RZA's words. Like about, an epitaph sort of thing? Kind of. Trust me, the man who became ODB, Asan, unique, my cousin, he was a scientist and a minor prophet. People may not know this from the outrageous character he played, but ODB was a visionary. Uh, but he decayed. He lost that vision. From the time they put him in jail to all the drugs. He was doing uh, to all the stress. Yeah, it says he was doing to all the stress he went through uh, with his family. It took away from his ability to see. And this night, he sat there and looked me in the eye and said, Riza, I don't understand. Now I know that right there, right when he said that, we lost him. Eight hours later, ODB was gone. Wow. Well, drugs will do that to you. So will 17 kids, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I didn't ding all the 17 kids there. But yeah, he leaves 17 kids, Iceland. And they're still trying to get some money uh, because... Record companies and stuff are still dicking around on who owns what songs. So Iceland's like, I got to pay for at least nine of these kids. <laughs> How? Huh? 17 kids. In so, a way, I've always thought of, you know, I have uh, my brother-in-law's going on number six. Got a buddy. God. Got a buddy in town. He's got he's going on number six. And they're all young kids, too. They're all like 10 and under. What are you? What, yeah. What? Are you, what? Yeah. <laughs> you make an, you first you start out the basketball team. Then you huh? get a hockey team. Then you get a baseball team. So that's a lot of kids. What are you trying to do but here? But th- that's all from one lady. I mean, whatever, right? That's. But if you're a dude, I mean, you're a dude. You got all this money in the world. You're not really worried about repercussions of having some kids here. You you already know you're not going to take care of these kids. Like, be a father to go to baseball games and, you know, sit down with homework at the end of the night and wipe asses and all that stuff. Whatever. <laughs> Sow your seed, man. Just get it all out there. <laughs> I want to. My genes will go on. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. Gotcha. All right, we got a quote from Russell himself. Quote, look here. Mo' money, mo' problems, my ass. You a naive cat, you still believe that. Old dirty bastard, everybody. Woo! Yeah, mo' money, mo' problems. My I, ass. I don't believe that. <laughs> <You're> right, <laughs> Put me down on his. Oh, my gosh, that dog freaked me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought somebody was coming in. Hi, coming dog. through the audio curtain hot. <laughs> Hi, dog. All right, ODB. He ODB. wasn't. ODB. I mean, he he beat some people up. He got shot a couple times. He shot at several he, times. He did some drugs. That's bad. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Okay. But no, I mean, he wasn't the worst dude in the world. He wasn't the worst dude in this on this uh, in in our histories. No, not by a lot. But I just figured, you know, I liked him because he's making records and songs while he's out on the run, the <laughs> fugitive from justice. <laughs> like, where's he at? Nobody can find him. Like, dude, I just heard him on the radio, and he's at the launch party right now. Like, why can't why they are, catch up with this guy? Why? Fifty like keys going cops after him. Fifty cops outside working security. None of you bothered to look inside. And the only thing they can hear over the loudspeaker on the cars. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know, Chief. There's nine dudes in that group. I don't know who he is. I think I saw that guy twice. I don't know. <laughs> they all look the same, it's, Chief. It's the same guy. Rizza, Jizza. How am I supposed to, I mean, what do we do? Uh, well, so, ODB. I think there's a lot of Wu-Tang Clan 
folks still out there making music, aren't there? I, mean, I believe there are. I yeah. think you can pick up some RZA and Jizza and Method Man for sure. I want to learn a little bit about more of them. Do you? You're yeah, gonna I'm gonna, I, I'll them? probably look over some of the just general stuff about the Wu-Tang. Listen to the stuff. Didn't know nearly. I didn't know there were nine of them. <laughs> yeah, I thought, well, like, you weren't expecting three. nine, right? I thought three. Sure. I didn't know those big names with Wu-Tang. That's and the Beastie I Boys. Very interesting the way they came in as a group and then spread out, but they were always kind of financially motivated. Allegiant to the one plan. another, though, a little bit yep. still. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cross, call them out cross promos. It's pretty good. Cool. All well, right. uh, if you're a podcast who wants to do a cross promo with us, hit us up at any of the socials, Crime and Music or CrimeandMusic.com, CrimeandMusic at gmail.com. Um, that's every way to get a hold of, hold of us. Yeah. Yeah. Put the dot com on the end, by the way. If you don't, it won't know. No, it, no it, it doesn't know. It, you we might have not, to say it every time. You might not need the www, but... HTTP. S. You want the S now. S. You want secure. You want secure browsing, everybody. Actually, no. We don't want this to be secure. We want everybody to see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Going on the dark web. All right, that wraps it up for another week of crime in music. Check us out every other Wednesday where you get your podcast. And like the song says, never trust a big butt and a smile. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.